By the mercy of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, even a foolish child can fully describe the real nature of Lord Krishna, the enjoyer of the pastimes of Raj, according to the vision of the revealed scriptures. Purport. One can ascertain the meaning of the Sanskrit shloka only when one is endowed with the causeless mercy of Lord Chaitanya. Lord Sri Krishna, being the absolute personality of Godhead, cannot be exposed to the mundane instruments of vision. He reserves the right not to be exposed by the intellectual feats of Brahman devotees. Notwithstanding this truth, even a small child can easily understand Lord Sri Krishna and his transcendental pastimes in the land of Vrindavan by the grace of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Jaya Jaya Sri Chaitanya Jaya Nityananda Jaya Vinda Chandra Jaya all glories to Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. All glories to Lord Nityananda. All glories to Sri Dwaita Acharya. And all glories to all the devotees of Lord Chaitanya. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. I have described the meaning of the fourth verse. Now, O devotees, kindly hear the explanation of the fifth verse. Lashokera Arto Kari Te Prakash. Arta lagaite agi gaiya bas. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Rama, Rama Hare Hare. Just to explain the original verse, I shall first suggest its meaning. Chatur shokera arto ikaila sar, premanam pacharite avatar. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Hare Hare. I've given the essential meaning of the fourth verse. This incarnation, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu descends to propagate the chanting of the holy name and spread love of God. Although this is true, this is but the external reason for the Lord's incarnation. Please hear one other reason, the confidential reason 
for the Lord's appearance. Purport. In the third chapter, fourth verse, it has been clearly said that Lord Chaitanya appeared in order to distribute love of Krishna and the chanting of his transcendental holy name, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. That was the secondary purpose of Lord Chaitanya's appearance. The real reason is different, as we shall see in this chapter. The scriptures proclaim that Lord Krishna previously descended to take away the burden of the earth. To take away this burden, however, is not the work of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The Maintainer, Lord Vishnu, is the one who protects the universe. to lift the burden of the world mixed with the time for Lord Krishna's incarnation. Purport. We have information from the Bhagavad Gita that the Lord appears at particular intervals to adjust a time-worn spiritual culture. Lord Sri Krishna appeared at the end of Dwapara Yuga to regenerate the spiritual culture of human society and also to manifest his transcendental pastimes. Vishnu is the authorized Lord who maintains the created cosmos, and he is also the principal deity who makes adjustments when there is improper administration of the cosmic creation. But Sri Krishna, being the primeval Lord, appears not in order to make such administrative adjustments, but only to exhibit his transcendental pastimes and thus attract the fallen souls back home, back to Godhead. However, the time for administrative rectification and the time for Lord Sri Krishna's appearance coincided at the end of the last Dwapara Yuga. Therefore, when Sri Krishna appeared, Vishnu, the Lord of Maintenance, merged with him because all the plenary portions and parts of the Absolute Personality of God merge with him during his appearance. Puna Puna Kale 
When the complete supreme personality of Godhead descends, all other incarnations of the Lord meet together within him. Narayana Chaturvyuha Matsyaja Avatara Juga Manvantara Tara Jata Ache Tara Shabe Ase Krishna Ange Hoya Abatirna Ache Abatere Krishna Bhagavan Purna Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Lord Narayan, the four primary expansions, Vasudev, Sankarsana, Pradyumna and Aniruddha, Matsya, and the other Lila incarnations, the Yuga avatars, the Manvantar incarnations, and as many other incarnations as there are, all descended in the body of Lord Krishna. In this way, the complete Supreme Godhead, Lord Krishna Himself, appears. A type of Vishnu, Takana Krishnera Sharira, Vishnu Dware Kare Krishna, Asura Sanghare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Rama, that time, therefore, Lord Vishnu is present in the body of Lord Krishna, and Lord Krishna kills the demons through him. Sri Kishore, play a sultan. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama. Shanga karma e asura marana Che lagi avatar Pahe se mula karana Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare Thus the killing of the demons is but secondary work I shall now speak of the main reason for the Lord's incarnation service in the world on the platform of spontaneous attraction. Thus he is known as supremely jubilant and is the most merciful of all. Purport. 
During the period of Lord Krishna's appearance, the killing of asuras or non-believers such as Kangsa and Jarasandha was done by Vishnu, who was within the person of Sri Krishna. Such apparent killing by Lord Sri Krishna took place as a matter of course and was an incidental activity for him. But the real purpose of Lord Krishna's appearance was to stage a dramatic performance of his transcendental pastimes of Rajabhumi, thus exhibiting the highest limit of transcendental mellow in the exchanges of reciprocal love between the living entity and the Supreme Lord these reciprocal exchanges of mellows are called raga bhakti, or devotional service to the Lord in transcendental rapture. Lord Sri Krishna wants to make known to all the conditioned souls that he is more attracted by raga bhakti than vidhi bhakti, or devotional service, under scheduled regulations. It is said in the Vedas, Taitariya Upanishad 2.7, Raso Vaisaha, Raso Vaisaha, Raso Vaisaha, Raso Vaisaha. The absolute truth is the reservoir for all kinds of reciprocal exchanges of loving sentiments. He is also ceaselessly merciful, and he wants to bestow upon us this privilege of Raga Bhakti. Thus he appeared by his own internal energy. He was not forced to appear by any extraneous force. Aishwarya Gante Sava Jagata Shrita Aishwarya Shriptila Prene Nahi Mora Prita Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama Rama Hare Hare Lord Krishna thought all the universe is filled with the conception of my majesty but love weakened by that sense of majesty does not satisfy me Amare Ishvara Mani Apanake Hina Par Premi Vasha Amina Ayodina Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama If one regards me as the Supreme Lord and himself as a subordinate, I do not become subservient to his love, nor can it control me. 
Himself before his devotees according to their inherent devotional service. The Vrindavan pastimes demonstrated that although generally people worship God with reverence, the Lord is more pleased when a devotee thinks of him as his pet son, personal friend, or most dear fiance, and renders service unto him with such natural affection. Lord becomes a subordinate object of love in such transcendental relationships. Such pure love of Godhead is unadulterated by any tinge of superfluous non-devotional desires and is not mixed with any sort of fruit of action or empiric philosophical speculation. It is pure and natural love of Godhead spontaneously aroused absolute stage the devotional service this devotional service is executed in a favorable atmosphere free from all material affection Avantika suggests a good tune that fits in with the other one for the Sanskrit verses Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna affirms that formerly, some 120 million years before the Battle of Kurukshetra, he explained the mystic philosophy of the Gita to the Sun God. The message was received through the chain of disciplined succession, but in course of time, the chain being broken, somehow or other, Lord Sri Krishna appeared again and taught Arjuna the truths of the Bhagavad Gita. At that time, the Lord spoke this verse, Bhagavad Gita 4.11, to his friend Arjuna. If one cherishes pure loving devotion to me, 
thinking of me as his son, his friend, or his beloved, regarding himself as great and considering me his equal or inferior, I become subordinate to him. In the Chaitanya Charitamrita, three kinds of devotional service are described, namely, Pakti, ordinary devotional service, Shuddha Pakti, pure devotional service, and Vidha Bhakti, mixed devotional service. When devotional service is executed with some material purpose, involving fruitive activities, mental speculations, or mystic yoga, it is called mixed or adulterated devotional service. Besides Bhakti Yoga, the Bhagavad Gita also describes Karma Yoga, Jnana Yoga, and Dhyana Yoga. Yoga means linking with the Supreme Lord, which is possible only through devotion. Fruit of activities ending in devotional service. Philosophical speculation ending in devotional service. And the practice of mysticism ending in devotional service are known respectively as Karma Yoga, Jnana Yoga, and Dhyana Yoga. But such devotional service is adulterated by three kinds of material activities. For those grossly engaged in identifying the body as a self, highest activity, or karma yoga, is recommended. For those who identify the mind with the self, philosophical speculation, or jnana yoga, is recommended. But devotees standing on the spiritual platform have no need of such material conceptions of adulterated devotion. Adulterated devotional service does not directly aim for love of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Therefore, service performed strictly in conformity with the revealed scriptures is better than such a vidha bhakti because it is free from all kinds of material contamination. It is executed in Krishna consciousness solely to please the Supreme Personality of God. Those who are spontaneously devoted to the Lord and have no aims for material gain are called attractive devotees. They are spontaneously attracted to the service of the Lord and they follow in the footsteps of self-realized souls. Their pure devotion, Shuddha Bhakti, manifested from pure love of Godhead, surpasses the regulative principles of the authoritative scriptures. Sometimes loving ecstasy transcends regulative principles. Such ecstasy, however, is completely on the spiritual platform and cannot be imitated. The regulative principles help ordinary devotees rise to the stage of perfect love of Godhead. Pure love for Krishna is the perfection of pure devotion pure devotional service is identical with spontaneous devotional service. Flawless execution of regulative principles is exhibited in the Vaikuntha plans. By strictly executing these principles, one can be elevated to the Vaikuntha planets, but spontaneous, pure, loving service is found in Krishna Loka alone. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama. 
side and just take a few questions. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Question from Aditya, who says, Many times it is said that it is easy to come in bhakti. To come in bhakti. But it is very difficult to stay throughout the remainder of our lives. What is one important quality in devotees who are able to stay forever? Just so I know, where is it said many times that it's easy to come in but hard to stay? Who said in many times? Anyone? Aditya, do you, can you say? Huh? Shila Prabhupada. Where? Shila Prabhupada. Where did he say it? In many of his lectures, Maharaj. <laughs> Deep within all his lectures. Okay. Well, if you can find some of those citations, then I can comment on them. But in general, the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu commented that then in order to keep doing your bhajan, kirtaniya sadahari, sadahari, always doing, you should remain humble. And you should also show respect to others. By learning to show respect to others and not take any respect for yourself, you stay in this uh, position where the holy name is easy to chant. And in the Gita, Krishna says, Nirmana moha jita sanga dosha adhyatmanitya vinivritta kama dvanver vamukta sukadukka samjaya gachantya muda paramagyayam tat. That you should practice not having any false ego and 
You should give up false association. Association with those who are not interested in Krishna consciousness. And if you practice with good association and without being full of false prestige, then it's easy to stay on the path of devotional service throughout one's lifetime. Also keep in mind that it's better to one way or another stay engaged in Krishna consciousness, no matter what your situation is. No matter what happens, always keep the vibration going. As oftentimes devotees think, well, because I can't do it perfectly, I can't do it like others I perceive are doing it. Therefore, I, therefore I, I, I won't do it at all. But we should keep going, keep the vibration going whatever way we can do right now. And as we do that, going from one era in our life to the next, we'll suddenly find that we've run out the clock on the field. Just stay on the field and don't get off. No matter what anybody tells you, stay on the field and keep doing it. Okay, another question from Sri Madhava Mahotsava Prabhu who says, verse 16 of this chapter says that the primary reason Krishna comes is devotional service in rapture and secondary reason is killing the demons. Is this why Sahaja's focus on Lord Krishna's dealing with the gopis and say Krishna's killing Putana or on the battlefield? Uh, let's see. Is this why Sahaja's focus on Lord Krishna's dealing with the gopis and say Krishna killing Putana or on the battlefield with Arjuna, instead of, you mean. Uh, Sahajas have this uh, false idea that uh, only Krishna's pastimes with the gopis are beneficial, that the pastimes of Krishna on the battlefield, Kurukshetra, are something inferior. This is one of the ways that they reason and therefore they eschew the pastimes of Krishna battlefield Kurukshetra and only concentrate on particular pastimes. However, however, we find that pure devotees like the gopis themselves are fascinated by the pastimes of Dhruva Maharaj and Prahlad Maharaj. In fact, they read them again and again. They hear about Dhruva Maharaj and they cry sometimes, or Prahlad Maharaj, that the, these five-year-old pure devotees went through so much hardship and they never wavered in their devotional service. So we could see that this is an artificial idea that is just saying one is high, one is low, and uh, focusing in one area but not in the other. Even as devotees advance in devotional service, they find the basic concepts in the Bhagavad Gita, like you're not your body, to be more and more edifying and, and rapturous as well. So it's a systemic experience that all Krishna Kata becomes more and more nectarian as one advances in devotional service. Although it is true, as Prabhupada's pointing out here, that one has or develops a sense of a particular attraction for Krishna in a particular way. 
but this comes with practice and by Krishna's mercy, and it's not to be imitated or artificially applied. Paraphrase from Aparagarangi. Absolute truth is a reservoir for all kinds of reciprocal exchanges of loving sentiments. Nicely done. Very good one. Sringararas Devidasi has a question. When our material desires are unfulfilled, it leads to anger. What is the result of unfulfilled spiritual desires? Spiritual desires, even if they're unfilled, unfulfilled, if one has them, are transcendental. Therefore, the effect is completely different. Prabhupada writes in a letter that if you desire pure devotional service, there's no difference between desiring pure devotional service and pure devotional service. It's the same. So whereas material desires have this dichotomy that you have them and then you can't fulfill them because they're incompatible with our nature. When we have devotional desires, just having them gives a sense of fulfillment. Bhakti Parishanu Bhava Virakte Anyata Traisha Trika Ekakala Prapadya Manasi Yatashnatastus Tushti Pushti Shudapayonugasam. It's like eating food. Every bite that you take, you start to feel nourishment satisfaction your hunger satisfaction and your hunger goes away and even in the very beginning of devotional service rupa goswami writes this in the nectar devotion as you begin devotional service there are six natural effects one is that you feel yourself affected by transcendental pleasure and you feel that you've started a life of auspiciousness and then there are four more, but those first two are experienced by those who are neophytes and they just take to the process of devotional service. So if you have some devotional desire, first of all, know that in due course of time, it will be fulfilled because Krishna is fulfilling everyone's desire since his time immemorial anyway. Saparya gachshukram akayam avranam asnaviram shuram apapaviram He's a self-sufficient philosopher who has been fulfilling everyone's desires since a time immemorial. So if you have a spiritual desire, he'll definitely fulfill it in due course of time. So know that for certain. And we know also from the Bhagavatam that even if you have a material desire and you, or a desire that is not perfectly aligned, but you desire to serve Krishna in a particular way, and then you mix it up somehow with some material desire and you ask for material benedictions or think that you need something material in order to fulfill that spiritual desire, then Krishna will help you to adjust it. Satyam dishiti artita artito nirnam. Satyam dishiti artitam artito nirnam. Naivartato yat punar artito yata. Swayam virate bhajitam anichatam ichapitanam nijapadapadlavam. Krishna notices that you're asking for stupid things. And he says, you may be stupid, but I'm not stupid. I will give you what you're asking for, but in such a way that you won't ask for it again. And instead, I'll give you my lotus feet to serve. So uh, Krishna's 
very expert like that. <sighs> yeah, I have a follow-up question. Yes. I was wondering when we pray to Krishna that I want um, maybe one, another person in your family who has to become a devotee. But if that person doesn't uh, have that wish, even though we might be praying, um, how does that work? Because I, you just mentioned that um, Krishna will fulfill our desire. So, um, so I'm confused about, um, because you see that, uh, he, that he or she doesn't have a sincere desire to actually surrender. Well, first of all, we can't force anyone to become a devotee. And nor does Krishna do that. He says in the Bhagavad Gita, Samoham Sarvabhuteshu Nami Dveshostina Priya, Ye Bhajanti Tumam Bhaktya, Ye Bhajanti Tumam Bhaktya, Maite Teshu Chapyaham. There's a way in which Krishna, did I blow that verse? Samoham Sarvabhuteshu Nami Dveshostina Priya, Ye Bhajanti Tumam Bhaktya, Maite Teshu Chapyaham. I think that's correct. So, uh, Krishna says, I remain neutral, but if you approach me in pure, in pure devotional service, then you, you're in me and I'm in you. It's very natural. Uh, relationship becomes very deep. But uh, he waits for the living entity to surrender. However, devotees are a little more proactive and they try to induce people to become devotees. So your question is, if there is somebody who doesn't have a desire for devotional service and you're praying for them or anything more than praying or well chant, you see chant on a regular basis for 20 how to listen how do sages curse people and how does the curse manifest there's a way in which the sound vibration that comes from the mouth of a sage then makes an imprint in the universe and that imprint gets filled in later on. So we're creating uh, future bodies by the same principle. There's a subtle way in which all the senses and, and all the creations in the universe take place from subtle to gross. And when somebody very powerful speaks the words and says, uh, you should die in seven days, and then that takes a form in the universe, and then it fills in in the the material nature accommodates that situation. Uh, there, to, to give a, an example of uh, that we can understand in daily life that there is such empowered speech, a judge may say to somebody in a, in a summary judgment, okay, I dismiss the case. I've decided to dismiss the case. And then she hits her gavel on the, on the little table and then bang it's over the case is finished because she spoke it from that position and so uh, it's very powerful so devotees can give blessings and these kinds of things have a, an influence on people but it doesn't necessarily mean that they have to surrender because um, they may or may not nonetheless in the Madhurya Kadambini is mentioned by Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur that by the strong speech and uh, teachings of, a, of a, an advanced devotee, people can change. They hear it and then because of the power of that speech, it changes their heart. They say, okay, I changed my decision. I'm not gonna stay in the material world after all. I give up. <laughs>
I'm going to go with these people. And that's why we do it. We take the time to go out and tell people, hey, you over here, stop it. Put that down. Look, look at this. Read this. Hear this. Come with us. Take this prashadam. And then they go, all right, I quit. I'm coming with you. It's a better idea. I admit it. Their hearts can change by the power of the, of the mantra. So the goodwill of devotees is very important. And then also um, to give them opportunities to do devotional service can be very helpful also. Okay, so anonymous. This is dangerous reading anonymous questions. You never know what's going to be. But but before that, we have Bhakta Ramakrishna Haribo, Bhakta Ramakrishna. It says, how can I become humble genuinely? Well, first Narada Muni says in the Briyat Bhagavatam Rita that you should practice in body, mind, and words being humble. And in You'll notice Trinata Pisuni Chena Toror Ivasuhishnuna says one should be ready to offer respects to all those. Means uh, get yourself ready before you go out the door. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to offer all respects to others. Uh, prepare yourself for that and practice it. The practice of humility is helpful. So as you practice and um, you experience the the. awesome quality of Krishna through the holy name. In fact, I was reading a couple of days ago, the Kevala Namashtakam, and in it, the author, who I believe is anonymous, says that when I chant the holy name and I experience the awesomeness of the name, that I see that Lord Brahma or an ant, or both are as, they're, they're equally significant everything becomes insignificant in comparison to the name. There's an overwhelming experience that one has and one feels humble. One of the reasons that I don't feel humble is I'm absorbed in a hunkar and I think I'm the doer and then I'm very smart. And when we see actually I'm not the doer, I'm helpless and that's reality, then it's natural to become humble. In the beginning, we should practice, however, because it's one of the elements through which knowledge enters into our mind and heart. As Krishna mentions in the Gita, 13th chapter, 8th verse, he says, Humility and pridelessness are the first steps to actually getting true knowledge and being able to see the difference between oneself and the body. Okay, here comes rolling the dice on this anonymous question. I Dare I even read it? Here it is. We just read that devotional service with fruit of benefits is mixed with bhakti. Does that mean we should never pray to Krishna for material requests to survive in this material world? Surviving in the material world for a pure devotee and praying for survival is not outside the realm of pure devotional service. You'll find this in the Nectar Devotion and the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu in the commentaries on those uh, by Srila Jiva Goswami, Srila Vishnu Chakravita Thakur. They say that in the process of performing pure devotional service, if you make a prayer, please protect my body, please protect my family and so forth, it's not outside the realm of pure devotional service. And the reason is you need your body and the surroundings you're in right now in order to continue. It's very difficult 
to, to without a natural condition of life, as Prabhupada mentions in the story of Gajendra, to do your devotional service. So, dharmasya hyapavargasya nartar toyo pakalpate nartasya kamo labhaya Did all the pundits on there get that one? You remembered it, Monisha? Yes? Kind of? Okay, good. This verse says that the material gain should never be used for sense gratification. When you get material gain, use it to engage in Krishna's service. So devotees think like that, and therefore, whatever they have, they're using in Krishna's service. Anasaktasivishayan yatarham upayunjita nirbanda krishna sambande yuktam vairagyamujate. In fact, if you have things and you neglect to use them in Krishna's service and you renounce them artificially, this is known as palgu vairagya. It's not very good renunciation. So devotees are engaged in this yukta vairagya and therefore if they say, oh, Krishna, please protect me, my family, it's not outside the realm of pure devotional service. Although devotees like Gajendra note when they're giving their prayers, Gajendra says in his prayers, you'll notice, my Lord, I know really pure devotees don't ask for anything. I just, <laughs> but I need a little help here. I have a crocodile on my leg. And Kardamamuni says a similar thing when he's praying. He says that uh, generally pure devotional service, pure devotees don't ask for anything, but I need a wife. So he asks, but they're all considered uh, pure, pure devotees. <sighs> then we have Bhakta Rohit, who says, the one theme I really liked is a reflection about this chapter we read is that the Supreme Lord is not satisfied with just being accepted as the mystic, as the majestic Supreme con Commander of all beings. Instead, he's eager to be in a loving, friendly relationship with his devotees and also to be in a subordinate position. This just struck me as a gigantic display of his causeless mercy on the conditioned souls that are, as you say, getting cooked alive in this material world. And so, yeah, this is uh, one of the places we find within Prabhupada's books where we'll notice the uh, nuance of a Vaishnava philosophy. There are many, uh, well, there are several major religions of the world, Christianity, Islam, there's Buddhism and so forth. And in them, there's a concept of loving God. And th there are many very um, important um, emotions and sentiments and ways of praying to God. Uh, Muslims pray to God five times a day. It's very nice. They're doing Vandanam. And uh, Christians have the sense that uh, God's in their heart and the goal of life is to develop a pure love for God and so forth. And um, it's a natural sentiment for human beings. Ahara bhaya, um, ahara nidra bhaya maitanam purana. There's a way in which uh, samanya, if a, if a human being doesn't have that sentiment, the Shastra says that uh, he or she is no better than an animal. 
because they both do those things. And that's the same in animals and humans. So unless a human being has this idea that I want, I, I, I want to worship God one way or the other, whatever the motivation is, Krishna says, Chatur Vida Bhajante Mam Jana Sukritino Arjuna Arto Jignasa Artardi Gyanicha Bharatarshaba four kinds of pious men render service to me. And then he says, um, They're all magnanimous souls, but one who's in knowledge of me completely is the most dear to me. So there's a, there are gradations of understanding our relationship with the Supreme Personality of God. And many of the religions of the world as I mentioned, there, there's a, a general concept of, of being obedient to God, loving God and so forth in different ways. Oftentimes when you get into, the, um, into those particular religious philosophies, you'll find that uh, those who are studying it more deeply or practicing it more deeply, not just occasionally or as, or as an add-on to their lives, uh, have a, a deeper understanding of it. There may be a deeper understanding that that some have, uh, and there may be various um, sects within the major religious groups. However, as the author of Chaitanya Charitamrita says, uh, if you want to use your intellect properly, then study the teachings of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and understand what he's saying about a relationship with the Supreme. And here is uh, an example of how it's very, not different, but how it's deeply rendered in understanding that we do have, there are varieties of relationships we have with God. Many of these religious traditions don't reveal the form of God. There's a hesitancy to say the name of God or, or reveal the form of God, partly because of the, the feeling that uh, I'll commit offense if I do, because it's so sacred if I say it. Prabhupada confirmed this, that that's one of the reasons we f- follow the, f- the uh, we are, we are, we're careful about making any of the 10 offenses because we don't want to offend the, the Lord when he appears. Uh, oftentimes the, that gets carried over and people don't even know why they won't discuss whether God has a form or not or, or whether he, uh, the name is all powerful you find that that's gone into very carefully or very deeply in the Chaitanya Charitamrita and this idea that there are deeper and deeper relationships with the Lord. And of course, this is what's being said here. Anarpita charim chirat karana yavatinar nakalao samarapayitumana tojwala rasam sapakti shriyam. That the Lord thought, uh, you know, I haven't really revealed this to the world. Uh, who, is, who else is going to know about it? And it's also not true that human beings can't understand this. It's um, a fallacy to think, uh, why would the creator make uh, a creation that couldn't understand him? And actually, in our scriptures, it is said, hey, wake up. Now you got the opportunity. You ask about the highest thing, you'll you'll get to understand it. You have full facility now to understand this. And so when these Vaishnava scriptures come, they give this very satisfying nuance, nuance of understanding 
that there are deeper and deeper relationships with God. Anarpita charim chirat karana yavatirna kalo samar payitumuna tojararasam sapati shriyam haripurata sundara duti kadamba sandipita sadaraya kandare spuratu vasachinandana. Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to reveal this. And, uh, you know, what's the revelation? Just what you said here that there's, there is a realm in which the Lord is worshiped by his devotees uh, with unceremonious love, even irreverent. This was intuited by Uttara. You'll find in the Vriya Bhagavatamrita, Uttara, when speaking to Parikshit Maharaj, you see, Shukadeva Goswami gave the Bhagavatam. He spoke the whole Bhagavatam. And then Uttara was present in that assembly. But she didn't hear everything. They didn't have, I guess, some Bose uh, speaker system. And she came to her son. There was an intermission. I mean, it, the speaking of the Bhagavatam was finished. And the time for him to be bitten by this snake bird was nigh. And therefore, she came and said, uh, you know, tell me, uh, give me the summary. I want to hear this. So the summary of the, of the Srimad Bhagavatam is the, is the uh, Brihat Bhagavatam Rita. And uh, when she's asking her questions, you'll notice one of the uh, a very intuitive questions she, she asks is, there are devotees that have a very special kind of affection for Krishna. It's not ordinary. It's not like anything we've seen before. It's very intimate. Therefore, therefore, she said, there must be a special place for this devotion to be enacted. There must be a special realm for this. Please tell me about that. So this is what we're hearing now from from Kaviraj Goswami, the teachings of Lord Chaitanya, that uh, he specifically came to reveal what that realm is. There are different realms of consciousness. Om Bhur Bhuva Swa Tatsavitur. This idea, Om Bhur Bhuva Swa. In this material world, there are levels of conscious, uh, there are realms that accommodate the different conscious levels of the of the beings that are here as they develop they're given a specific realm you look up that word realm somebody it's a really interesting word realm please look it up in the dictionary and also in the etymological online dictionary the realm Hare Krishna and uh, this is uh, mentioned in the in the Bhagavatam yasya prabha prabhapato jagadnanda koti koti shrasheshu vasudhari vibhutibhiyam that the, the Lord has created unlimited varieties of realms. How, why? To accommodate every kind of living entity, just as he's given 8,400,000 species of life. Why? To accommodate the various desires of the living entity. I want to be a hummingbird. And... Um, it's a very specific kind of bird. And there are many other specific kind of birds, millions of them that you can try out. And there's millions of realms that you can try out. Realm, by the way, we have um, from Priya Kishori, she gives us a kingdom and part 
gives us um, kingdom from old French, uh, where's, uh, let's see, Chichule Kosaki, how do you pronounce this in French? From old French, do you know old French? Probably from Riome kingdom altered by influence of Latin, regal. A royal domain, kingdom, the realm of England, a region, sphere, a region, sphere, or domain within which anything occurs, prevails, or dominates. The realm of dreams, the special. Did anybody look at the, here it is. Uh, okay. Look at REG from Proto-Indo-European. Proto-Indo-European root meaning move in a straight line with derivatives to direct in a straight line. Sanskrit, a leader, a king, a leader, Raj. Cognate with Raj. That uh, someone who presides over a particular place. Okay, that's good. So the idea is that there are unlimited realms uh, provided for all the living entities according to their nature and their consciousness. And uh, the highest realm is attained by those who engage in this Raga Anuga Bhakti. The Raga Anuga Bhakti means um, tan, Tanama Rupa Charitari Sukirtananu Smritya Kramena Rasana Manasini Yoja Tishtam Vraje Tanana Ragi Jananugami Kalam Nayed Akilamitu Padesha Saram. The essence of all advice for humans is that one should engage one's full time in hearing, chanting, remembering, etc. the Supreme Personality of Godhead, uh, especially Bhagavatam and Bhagavad Gita, Nectar Devotion, the books Prabhupada gave us, then will develop uh, through that extensive hearing and associating with advanced devotees, the uh, desire within our heart to follow in the footsteps of a particular devotee in Raj. And that, that becomes uh, prominent in our lives. And that's, call, that's called the Raga Anuga. You're following the Ragatmikas, those who are spontaneously engaged in devotional service in that realm. And when we follow them, their mood, then uh, we become advanced to the, uh, and we, we enter into that service. And it begins by performing the kind of regulative devotional service that we're doing now where we are following in the footsteps of the, the Goswamis of Vrindavan who gave us certain practices that if we follow strictly will um, elevate us to the platform of Raghavanuga Bhakti. We're not following rules and regulations for the sake of it or scriptural rules and regulations so that we can uh, attain to this idea, to this uh, Vaikuntha a uh, very kind of um, ceremonious type of bhakti, but what we naturally have anyway that we're following, and that that is our whole, uh, that is our goal, is uh, taking us in that direction. Yes, Radhakripa Prabhu. Okay, I thought you had your hand up. All right, let's see if there's any other uh, questions from the Zoom room. Hey, Krishna Prabhu. Hare Krishna. 
So I, this is an observation that I was making um, during uh, the JAPA session as well and while reading the purports, it was that typically in our life when we have a situation that warrants us to surrender because we have no other option, I tend to notice that my JAPA is so much so much better and with so much higher quality. Um, but I was, I was thinking and, and wondering how, um, despite any situation, um, how do we inculcate in our heart that this material world is like a dukalium or a place of misery on a practical level and um, be able to chant um, always with that sincerity, no matter what the situation is um, externally. Well, Krishna says in the 11th canto of the Bhagavatam, Shruti Pratyaksham Aitiyam Anamanam Chatustayam Pramaneshvara Bastanad Vikal Patsavirajite. So this verse means that uh, Shruti, you should listen to Shruti to understand the temporary nature of the world. Anavashtanad mean, anavashta means to be steady and anavashtanad means the unsteady nature of the material world. And he's saying, can that be understood? Or you should try to understand it from these four, these four um, <clears throat> sources. First one is shruti, shruti pratyaksham. Second one is direct evidence. You should see from direct evidence. If you just walk around the world, you'll notice that the the world is a, a temporary place. Anything can happen at any minute. Nirkula and I were just walking walking through the park last week, Washington Park. We cross through it every every day when we go on our walk. And uh, just as we turned the corner the other day, uh, there was a whole family or a group bigger than a family. It was uh, a lot of picnickers sitting under a tree. And just as we turned the corner, a gigantic branch just decided to come off the tree and fall on the on the picnickers. And uh, one of the one of them was killed. Actually, a, a man was killed, and a, a dog was killed, and a couple of them were severely injured. And the, I mean, it was it was just something uh, Krishna revealed to us. So this is pratyaksham. You can just observe the environment of the world that. Uh, at every month, every minute, there's something happening. Don't ignore it, he's saying. You take this evidence in Pratyaksham Anuman and also take the logical idea that everybody you know uh, in history has died, so you're going to die too. Anavastana. Uh, and then ITM. ITM means uh, those, uh, that information that's passed down word of mouth from one generation to the next. So he said, take all this in as evidence that the material world is a temporary place. And then vikalpatsa virajate means because of this, now you should stay a little detached yourself. So don't be unaware of it. Don't tune it out. He said, uh, notice it and see, okay, yeah, it's temporary. And uh, I should remain a little detached. So one thing you can do is when you start to chant your japa, as an example, you can remember these things that this world's very temporary and remember how helpless you are. And instead of waiting for a time when danger is present, you can transport yourself to reality and say, look, I'm hanging by a thread. I remember one time I went to Rathiatra in Los Angeles. I guess we drove down there. 
And uh, I got out of the car and Savas was there waiting for us on the sidewalk. I offered my obeisance. I said, how's it going? He goes, hanging by a thread. <laughs> you could write a song about it. We're all hanging by a thread. Or there's the Sword of Damocles. You can look that one up. Sword of Damocles, that's, uh, you know, the idea was that this person, there's sword hanging over. I don't know the exact details, but the idea is there's a sword hanging over our, our head. It can drop at any second, just like a tree branch can come down. Anything can happen. So if I remember that, we call and be a little detached from the world. Don't think that it's going to be here forever. And chant, knowing, you know, could all go up in smoke at any second. The material world's always transforming. In fact, there are different ways in which the material world's destroyed. And one of but there are there are cataclysms that happen at the end where there's a huge destruction of the universe. And then the as described in the Laghu Bhagavatamrita, which you know very well, Prikashori, because I think you narrated the whole thing. There's a, also what's described as continuous destruction. It's always being destroyed. In case you haven't noticed, everything falls apart. So be aware of it and see what's happening. Radha Kripa Prabhu? Yes, that's not it. Maharaj, I think continue to the uh, Priyakshori's question uh, to further up. I, once you get that feeling that this is word is temporarily, then uh, to stay focused on your, you know, the work which you have to do for your livelihood, it sometimes becomes a little disheartening or you don't, you are not able to go with the same energy because, you know, if that goal which you wanted to achieve, you feel Oh, you know, this world is like that, you know, it's going to happen anytime. I'm not gonna, I mean, let me take it not that seriously, the work which I have to perform to maintain myself. So I'm just thinking how to balance that understanding with one which uh, you explained uh, about pre-actuary, which actually makes much logical sense, but how I can be more uh, focused on the activity which I have to perform, which seems mundane sometimes, especially the office work or, that you have to do. Well, then when you do your work, our Acharyas say, and Prabhupada quotes this in the 18th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, you should think this is work allotted to me by Krishna. You should think this is the world and I'm doing it for the Lord. So think of it as your service that you're doing right now. And also he said, give a portion, of course, this is something you're already doing, but give a portion of your income to spread Christian consciousness, give it away. That way, when you're working, you're also thinking, oh, I'm working for Krishna. So you're conscious of it. And, uh, and, uh, and, and of course, you know, sometimes, you know, like somebody's a billionaire and then they're turn 80, 90 years old and they're still thinking I have to make more money. This is a kind of an affliction. I, I can't let go of the material world. So we should be practicing throughout our lives, even as we do have to do our duty to maintain something, a household or something. At the same time, we should be cultivating this idea that this isn't going to last very long. And whatever Christian, whatever arrangement Krishna makes, I'm going to be ready to move into that, that other arrangement. Because uh, it, it is going to change. And it's very unseemly. Look at Dhritarashtra. He, he didn't get ready for that. And it was a very unseemly situation where Vidura had to come and said, come out, come out of this now. You're, you're being fed like a dog. 
in the house of those you tried to kill. I mean, it's a pathetic situation. So we shouldn't get caught in that pathetic situation either. That's why there's this divestment from the world that takes place internally, even as one's accumulating wealth and so forth. And then practically as one gets older, because the actuary charts will tell us that the chances of dropping dead at any minute uh, increase every day you get older. <laughs> so you should not be cut, caught unawares. Be, uh, get ready for it uh, as, and try to adjust your lifestyle to it by associating with advanced devotees and taking the instruction of, of Shastra. That's why there are these four ashramas with the brahmachari where you get a, used to the idea that well, I really don't need anything to be happy. I just need service. And then you become a grahasta and you learn how to cooperate with another person in devotional service and use your things in devotional service and then at Vanaprasta, you learn to, to uh, just sort of be more, much more renounced and not depend on any particular thing to maintain you. And then sannyas, which means that um, you just, you're dead to the world. Marnam before smarnam, like you commit civil suicide, basically. Like, that's it, I'm out completely. I, I signed the sheet. I got nothing more to do <laughs> with the world. So uh, that's a that's varnashrama, and it's all meant to bring us to that point. So we should we should be practicing at all at all levels uh, to uh, come to that position. What do you think, Aprame? Do you agree with that assessment? Oh. Yes, he agrees. Okay, well, we'll take one more because we just have uh, uh, one minute. Oh, we'll take two more because Prem Prem Prabhu is there. Hare Krishna. Go ahead, Prem, and then we'll take Sukeshri. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. So, yeah, uh, uh, that makes me remember when you say that uh, uh, I have an, an old friend that he used to say something because he was engaged in some, you know, hallucination, substance, and that things. And one time he's, he, he said that he realized that everything is like stick with scotch tape, you use that, like everything that in, in any moment, something can blow wind or whatever, and he fell, and can fall down, fall down. And also makes me remember what you said, that we, we must ask all the time, what's the best thing that I must do in this moment? So. Yes. What's the best use of my time right now? And keep coming back to that, no matter you know, where we stray to keep coming back to it. Thank you. The scotch tape really, you know, it was a good imagery. Thank you very much, Prema. Hare Krishna. And, uh, Hare Krishna. Uh, please accept my humble obeisances. This is Danvari Dasi. Hare Krishna, Danvari. Hare Krishna. Uh, Jai Shila Prabhupada. I have a question. Um, when you mentioned in the morning in Japa session that when we ask for... Uh, uh, when we are chanting, we ask for more services, and uh, if we sometime if we if Krishna gives us more services, if he cannot handle it, or uh, and then I also want to know if the chanting is service or what service means uh, only temple service or anything or uh, two questions I have. What a good question! The, our first service is chanting. Atashi Krishna Namadi Nabavid Grayam Indre Sevan Bukihi Jivado Swayam Eva Spuratida. All 
devotional service begins, it begins with the, the, the tongue. So chanting Hare Krishna is our first service. So that's why we do it first in the day, uh, finish it, do it, do it well. And then everything else becomes possible. And if all else fails, chant Hare Krishna and everything else will fail. So just chant it first and make that your main thing. You got to keep the main thing. The main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing. And that's the main thing is chanting Hare Krishna. Because out of all the 64 items of devotional service, there are five that are extremely potent. And out of those, there's one that completes all of them. And that's the chanting of Hare Krishna. It's the means through which we are able to go back home, back to Godhead. So that comes first. And um, then uh, if you get service that's too much for you, you can slightly adjust it or adjust it accordingly. You just have to have, um, you have to be aware of staying balanced throughout your life and in different phases of your life, make sure that you're connected to service. It's really important to have some service that you can perform to connect and uh, feel like you're, you've, you've got a way to engage your senses, Srishikena Hrishikesha, and it'll expand and adjust it according to how you can uh, stay steady in your practice of devotional service. And Prabhupada mentions that in the Gajendra, Mokshana, he says that everyone should live in a natural condition of life. That is so you can, have, you can feel strong when you're doing your devotional service. You're not getting weak. You're not burning your brain out like a, one of those things where the too much electricity comes through and then all of a sudden sparks start coming out and uh, you become catatonic. Don't become catatonic. Stay strong, balance your life, make sure that you eat a very healthy uh, prasadam, make sure that you exercise because there are all kinds of um, mechanisms and, and uh, chemicals in your body that have to be uh, balanced in order for you to do your services. So you have to do all that. And then make sure that you have a healthy amount of service so that you're pushing yourself a little bit, but not too much. And all that you can, you can get through good guidance. Sukeshri, did you have a question? Prabhu, Manjula also had a question, Prabhu. I'll let her Oh, Manjula Kanta. Uh, actually, Babaj, I was, I was thinking about this concept of, you know, um, chanting and how, even though we do have chanting and we're told that chanting is, is a center, we, we have a deep resistance to accepting that. And then we, we always keep trying to find a solution. And it takes a lot of effort to get to the point where saying, you know what, I'm just going to chant. Acceptance. I was thinking about your statement on humility that, you know, which you were saying in the middle of the class. And I wanted to say that um, even though it's just a single sentence and when we learn it and memorize it, we think we understand it. Um, everything that in the Shikshashtakam takes a lifetime to understand. I was thinking how humility is, is, is there in so many things that you, you have the humility to accept you can't do it much. The humility to ask for help. There's the humility to recognize that you can't do it alone. So it kind of encompasses so many other things that one another piece of each other. Thank you for that. And regarding your first point, frustration is the doorway to enlightenment. It's very important to become frustrated. In fact, that's where I do all my best work. And when I get totally frustrated and I say, all right, that's it. 
I mean, I'm starting over and I'll do, I'm going to, I'm going to, no more show bottle because this show bottle idea, you know, you can be doing it to yourself. For instance, in writing, this has to be perfect. I have to do this. And it's very difficult to, to write or do anything under those circumstances. When you say, look, I have to do it from my heart. And I, I, I become frustrated, like, okay, I'm not something else. I can't be anything that what I am. And I'm just going to do it as sincerely as possible. That's a point frustration can bring us to. Enough's enough. And now I'm just going to try the way Krishna said to try. No embellishment, just, you know, just from the heart. And so getting frustrated, you'll notice that every breakthrough in the Bhagavatam is preceded by some huge traumatic frustration or event. Like Chitraketu, he broke down like... You can't imagine a more dramatic breakdown that Chitraketu had. I mean, whenever I read that, how his his son, the prince, was poisoned by his co by by his wives, and that uh, when he found out about it after his life's dream to have a son was was uh, immediately smashed, then then you know he couldn't remain conscious. He was so overwhelmed. He would faint. And he'd, when he noticed the situation, he'd faint again. I mean, can you relate to that? I know I can. I mean, it's just like material life is so painful. And you look at it again and again, it's like, ah, oh, I can't handle it. You know? And that's the point at which Narada and Angira came and said, all right, now, now let's talk. You know? <laughs> so this point, when we become frustrated in our lives and our practice, and then it's good, we should come to this point. It's like, all right, enough's enough. I remember my friend Dave Dibbard when I was a kid. This always reminds me. He wanted to learn how to play the flute. He was a musician. And I remember one summer night, he came over to our house. My brother Tom and I were there. And he knocked on the front door. And he, we were shocked because he had shaved all his hair off, and um, which was a big thing back then. Nowadays, Sari Krishna's made shaved heads popular. But back then, you know, hair was like the length of your hair was a status symbol. So he comes to the door, he goes, that's it, I've had enough. And he's like, why'd you shave your head? It's like, I'm fed up with myself. I'm gonna learn the flute <laughs> and no more nonsense, you know? He's like, I'm sick of, I'm sick of my, my, you know, my laziness and everything. I shaved my head and I'm gonna practice every day, you know? And he actually got good at the flute, but I always remember that mood. He's like, he knocked on her door and burst in with a bald head and said, you know, now is, now I'm going for it. You know, I just think of that. All right, enough messing around. I'm going to chant good rounds. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to really do it now. And sometimes when people ask me about my shaved head, I think of Dave Dibber. And it's like, I'm, I'm in, I'm all the way in. That's I cut. That's why I cut off my hairs because I've had enough. <laughs> Enough's enough. I'm following the Dave Dibber method here. Haribo. Can everyone please unmute and say Hare Krishna? Hare Krishna. 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 Hare
Not to the Armarman, 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 not to the